Welcome to Sports Talk with R&J. I'm your host, Steve Risser, along with my co-host, Justin D'Onofrio. And on Tuesday, the uh, the owners uh, proposed a plan to the Players Association to res- to to uh, start the uh, baseball season uh, this year. And uh, the plan is the plan is this: it's an 82 game season. The, uh, the season will start the, the weekend of July 4th. The playoff teams are expanded from 10 to 14. Teams will play games in their home stadium stadiums if the state and local governments allow them to. And uh, the universal DH is also something I really like. I really like that there's universal DH. Teams will only play against teams in their division. And in interleague play, they'd only play against, uh, like, the AL East will play the NL East. The uh, NL Central will play the AL. The NL Central will play the uh, AL Central. And the AL West will play the NL West. So that's that's how that's how they'll, they'll play those games. And the revenue split will, split will be 50-50 between the owners and the player, players. I know there's people out there who don't like this, but – I like it because I've been dying to see sports as a sports fan. And yes, it's a, it's half a season. Yes. There's probably more teams that should make the playoffs than they should. Yes. It's, it's, it's not a good deal for the players right now. Only taking a, taking a pay cut. And you heard from Blake Snell today, Blake Snell today. He's not happy at all about it, about it. But for me, it's, it's sports coming back. Even though there won't be any fans in the stands, it'll be sports coming back. And I, I just, at this point, without having sports for two months, and it's going to be another. Uh, yes, I know there's have been sports that have, that have played. There's been there's been boxing. There's been uh, no, no, I mean there's been uh, Uf- UFC. There's been the NASCARs starting this weekend. So there have been sports being played. This will be the first team sport coming back. So I, I just I just want it back. I mean, yeah, it's not the ideal circumstance, but I just want sports back. Definitely want to see sports back. I know for the players, the fifty-fifty split. Because I, I did find here something very interesting yesterday. You know who would be the highest paid player next year if this goes through? Yeah, it would be Prince Fielder. The Rangers in his final uh, deal, twenty-four million. Oh man! But because he's um, part of the forty-man roster, they got to still pay him the twenty-four million. That's crazy. When did he, when did he retire? Like three years ago? I mean, it's been a while ago. Two thousand seventeen. The high, highest paid player. That that's that that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That was a very interesting fact. Um, yeah, I just want you. Just, I just want sports back. I know the Arizona governor the other day just said this weekend their sports teams can start playing home games, you know, without any fans in their stadium slash arenas. So you know, we're starting to get there. Um, you know, so it would be very wacky. And I know with the fourteen team playoffs, they're doing it more so that they can make some more revenue and all that, which is smart because they, they do, do kind of need it. Um, and then kind of the last thing too is, um, I think it was um, Dr. The other day was talking saying this could lead to some more Tommy John injuries because from the pitchers that were gearing up in March had to shut down for, you know, the last few months now have to get gear up again in June saying that this could really kind of affect pitchers and maybe, you know, we could see some more, you know, increase in Tommy John surgeries. So Blake Snow was kind of just not happy about it because of um, the health risks and all that. And I could understand why, you know, if this doctor's correct about that, maybe that, um, that idea that could happen. Oh yeah. And I mean, if you go, let's just go through the whole plan. I mean, 82 game season, 
I, 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 yes, it's the best they can do. Yeah, people might not like an 82-game season, but it's the best they can do at this point. I mean, yeah, but it, it could lead to a Cinderella team making the playoffs. And with 14 teams making the playoffs, you could have a team maybe you don't expect this year. Maybe an up-and-coming team like the Blue Jays. You can get, or even up-and-coming team like the White Sox make a run this year. So it could make the sport a little bit, a little bit exciting. I mean, with with an 82-game season um, uh, and uh, expansion of the playoffs. I don't love that. I don't love half the league making the playoffs, but I could deal with it with what's been going on. Uh, playing games in home stadiums without fans, you just have to do that. I mean, there's and there's no doubt. And I, and I could see, you know, a lot of teams. I could see in the California, I could see the Giants playing in Arizona. I could see the Dodgers playing in Arizona. I could see the Angels playing in Arizona. I could see the A's playing in Arizona. I think the teams from California are going to play at their spring training sites. And I think you could see the Yankees and the Mets start their season spring training sites too. Yeah, I could definitely kind of see that for a while. I know um, New York, maybe this late in the summer, maybe there's kind of talk that they can move back. But, yeah, for the most part, especially in California, you're definitely going to see them play in Arizona. Um, and the only kind of little issue with that would have to be, because I know, like, and this could be happening to more players, I don't know, but, like, Garrett Cole, he's expected, like, his first child is expected in uh, June. If he's kind of down in Florida, it's kind of tough for him because, again, he probably can't, he won't be around the baby. But then he also, even when maybe they get back home, he still really can't – he's probably got to kind of avoid his kid because there could be a small chance that he does have COVID, or, you know, that small possibility, you know? Yeah, I mean, you definitely, you definitely have to look at those risks. I mean, you could definitely see this both ways. I mean, it, it could go both ways. It, it could go either way for either, either person. I mean, it, it just, it's just what, what ends up happening here. I mean, it's it, but I think it's the best thing that could happen, the best thing that we could do right now. For, for a, an unprecedented situation, they're doing the best thing they could do. One thing I love about one thing I really love about this though is the universal DH. I love the universal DH. I think that the NL need to get rid of the DH for years. I think the DH, the problem with the pitcher hitting, it's almost like outside of Madison Bumgarner, it's pretty much an automatic out. I don't like the pitcher hitting, and I think I really like the universal DH in both leagues. And I think if they if they play in 2020, and, and they should use the they should not have the pitcher hit ever again. The universal DH should become a permanent thing in, in, all, in all of Major League Baseball. Enough with this pitcher hitting. Just make the universal DH permanent thing. Yeah. Another thing is, another thing is, is I like, I don't mind the schedule. I, I like the teams playing games, you know, close to each other. The only issue I have with it is, is like, for example, the Yankees will play the Nationals more than the Astros, and I think that's a little weird. I think, yes, they'll play their teams in their division a bunch, but I think it's a little weird that you're not going to play any teams from the AL Central or the AL West, and you're going to play teams in the National League. I think that's a little, I think that's a little weird for me uh, there. And, and, and lastly, the 50-50 revenue split between the players and owners. Here's the, thing about, here's the thing about that. Yes, the players are taking a pay cut. Eventually, I think the owners might cave in a little bit, like they always do in baseball. I think the owners might cave in. But here's the thing baseball if they don't get this done they are in big trouble they're in huge trouble if they can't get this done because if they're and the fact all right if it's about player it's about the player safety and they're not talking about anything else but the player safety i don't mind that but the fact that they're, that they're already talking about money when you have 14.7 americans that are unemployed and you're going to argue about how to split millions of dollars that's absolutely ridiculous and if they don't get this done if they're not playing baseball by july and they don't play baseball this season Baseball is going to take a huge hit, and I don't think Rob Manford survives it. Yeah, uh, that you know that could be tough with the 50 50. I know the players kind of coming out and talking about all that, and the owners. You know, it, it is tough, and I think, you know, 
I think especially more for some of these young and upcoming stars who are still kind of arbitration, who aren't making like a ton. Like Aaron Judge isn't even making a million. Like, you know, um, like all those guys, like it kind of hurts them more instead of, you know, like a Monster Tanaka who's making 24, 25 million a year or like a Bryce Harper. Um, that's kind of where I could see the players being more upset than the ones making more. Um, I do like, you know, the scheduling is a little weird. But, yeah, it is what it is. It cuts the travel costs. It kind of saves money for everybody. The universal DH is great, too. And I think that's supposed to be a vote coming up next year, I think. The, um, they're supposed to vote on that. And I think it sounds like it's probably going to go through anyways. It's smart. It Yeah. You know, it's it's cool to see a pitcher hit a home run, but really besides Bumgarner, you don't really see it often at all. Um and then also, I like the end of the 30-man active roster, but then you get the 20-player taxi um, squad as well, which is nice to get some minor leaguers, some paychecks too, because to, most likely none of those minor league teams are going to have a season. So it's good to get some of those guys so, um, keep playing, get some, get them some money as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think they are. I hopefully they get it done. It really seems like they are, you know. The players are really, for what I've heard so far, it seems like the players are very against it. Hopefully, they do end up coming to agreement um, very soon because, yeah, baseball could be taking a hit. I, I think at some point they will play, definitely, but, you know, hopefully it's mid-June of what they're talking about. Yeah, and here's my opinion. I think looking at what's been going on in America, if they're disagreeing over millions of dollars, that's absolutely ridiculous. But has Rob Manford really done anything well as commissioner? Look at the way he botched the Astros scandal, and he didn't do a good job with the Red Sox scandal either. And and honestly, and my prediction, I hate to say this, but I, I don't think there's going to be a season because I just don't think Rob Manford can do anything right. And I, and I don't, the, the players and they're, I, I don't think they're going to come up to an, come to an agreement and it's going to just baseball. Baseball is going to look terrible after this, but I just feel like they're not going to resume play. My prediction. That's a bold one. I, you know, no offense. I hope, I hope you're wrong on this, but yeah, Manford hasn't done a ton, right? Cause he, yeah, that Astros and Red Sox scandal, he let them get off the hook when he really could have came down on them and said, hey, you know, we're really straight and coming down with these electronic stuff, but they really, they, they didn't. So, yeah, there's me, you know, a little doubt that he may or won't be able to get this done. I, I don't know. I got to hear what more players say because right now I just hear all the negative, you know, all the ones that disagree. Um. I just hope at some point, and I think it will happen, that they will come to an agreement and they'll play baseball soon enough. Maybe, you know, hopefully in the next few weeks. But, yeah, there, you know, there is a little bit of doubt. But, you know, well, let's find out. Absolutely. I mean, the, but seeing Rob Manford, his history, he really hasn't gotten a lot right as commissioner. And I just can't see – I mean – I think he should he should he should be able to get it right, but I just don't think he is going to be able to get it right. I just think that I personally just don't think that there's going to be a seat. I mean, the keys keys the keys bros had a uh, had a had a poll, and I voted no. That I, I think I don't think play is going to resume, even though it's ridiculous that they're arguing over millions of dollars. But that's just what baseball does. You remember in 1994 they had a strike and they couldn't agree, and the World Series got canceled. I just I, I would not be surprised if the two if the two trails and twenty season didn't happen. I just there would just be no surprise there. Yeah, uh, it, it you know, yeah, it's not the greatest time to be arguing about a million millions of dollars. It it really isn't. But yeah, ninety four the strike. I you know, I really hope there is there is a little bit of doubt for me. 
Manfred hasn't been great, but I don't know. Tony told me there's going to be a season, and, you know, that, you know, it doesn't matter how many games, at least, they, you know, we get to see something. Yeah, I don't mind the proposal. I don't mind the proposal, but personally, in my opinion, I just don't think there's a season. I, I don't mind the proposal, but I just don't think there's a season. I, you know, I understand where the players are kind of upset about this and all that, but, you know, it's a proposal to get sports going, and I'm, ha- I'm fine with it as long as they actually agree to it and actually play some baseball. I'm okay with it. We'll see what ends up happening there. So we're going to transition into a league that's gotten a ton right this offseason. That's the NFL. I mean, they did a great job with the, with the, with the uh, with free agency. They did a great job with the draft. An outstanding job with the draft. Goodell did a great job with that. And on Thursday, they released their schedule. And I think they've done an outstanding job with the schedule. I think they're prepared for what could happen. They're prepared for having to start this season in October. And I'll, t- and I'll tell you why. Uh, the, every week to opponent, Every, every team that plays in week two, they share the same bye week. So say they start the season in like week five, the first week of October or the second week of October, that week two game, they could put, they could put that game whenever they want during the season. They don't even need to make that week up. Like what they'll probably do, say they lose the first four weeks. They'll probably put weeks one, three, and four. Uh, they'll probably uh, put those weeks at the end of the season and, and play the Super Bowl later. And, and, and uh, they could play the week two games pretty much just during the year because every team shares the same bye week. Also, another team that I, another thing that I like is uh, every in week every team that's home in week one is away in week two, and every team that is home in week three is away in week four. And week three and week four uh, don't have any divisional ga- opponent. They don't play no no divisional games in week three or week four. So the thing about that week is is that say you lose week three and week four, those are probably say they have to cut the season from sixteen to fourteen. Those are the two weeks the league is probably going to end up getting rid of. The, the, those two weeks. So I think the NFL just did a really nice job on the schedule. Yeah, they did. And I know Roger Goodell gets a lot of hate, but he's done a great job this offseason. He's uh, with getting through all this, getting the draft on, getting the schedule. They did a great job with the scheduling. Yeah, you know, with the week two bye, the, the, the um, opponents or the non divisional opponents week three and four, which is, yeah, a really, really smart thing to do. Because, um, you know, I. You hope they're able to start week one, but again, it, it kind of depends on what keeps happening this summer and, you know, and if there's going to be a second wave of all this. So, yeah, the NFL did a great job with the schedule. I was really impressed to see what they did with it. Oh, absolutely. Now we're going to go to our top 10 games we want to see this year. I'm going to start with my top 10 games. I'm going to go with number 10, and it's it involves my team, and it is uh, Od- in week 15, Odell Beckham returns to MetLife Stadium to play the Giants. That's going to be, a, yes, to, to a lot of – to, to the league, to a lot of fans around the league, it's probably not that. Browns-Giants, Week 15, there's a good chance both teams are going to be out of the playoffs. But to Giants fans, this is, a, this is a very interesting game because obviously we all know about the OBJ trade, him coming back, facing – he's going to have to face Dave Gettleman, who – to see Dave Gettleman, who traded him uh, uh, last offseason. So, that, to me, that's, an, that's going to be an interesting game. That's, what I'm, that's why that's one of my top ten games. Number nine, another reunion game. I got the Niners going to the Patriots. The only Patriot game I'm excited to see this season as Jimmy Garoppolo faces uh, Bill Belichick. That's, that should be interesting, seeing Jimmy G back in New England playing the Patriots. Uh, the game might not be that good of a game. I mean, the, the Niners might win that game by two scores, but the fact Jimmy G is coming back to face the Patriots, that's going to be an interesting game. Number eight, I'm going with the Texans-Chiefs opening night. Obviously, it's the first night of football if we get it, and we don't know if we're going to get that opening game. But it would be the first night of football if we get it. It's a good matchup. You got, uh, you got obviously got one of the top 
quarterbacks in the league, Deshaun Watson facing the best quarterback in the league, Patrick Mahomes. And we all remember that playoff game last year. I mean, the Texans were up 24, nothing uh, in the second quarter and the chiefs came back, came back to, and ended, ended up beating them pretty handedly. And I, and then, and the Texans did beat the chiefs last year during the regular season. So that's why I'm excited to see those two quarterbacks go at it in that game. Uh, number six, and this is where we start getting some of the good games. Uh, I'd say buck saints in week one. I mean, you got, you, obviously it's going to be Tom Brady's first game with the bucks. He's playing probably the best roster in the league with the Saints. Those two teams, clearly the two best teams in the in the NFC South. You could argue they might be two of the best teams in the NFC. And that's why to open the season, yes, it might not open the season because of, of the pandemic. It might get pushed back. But if, if, say, we start week one, I mean, Joe and Troy will be there, you know, week one at the Superdome, Bucks and Saints. Uh, number five, I'm going with uh, – with the uh with the with the with uh, uh let me go no, no number i missed one i think number six i'll go with the uh, niner saints and th- we remember that game last year that was probably one of the best games of the entire season that was the, the, you remember that niner saints game last year that was the best game of the year uh the niners won 48 46 that rematch is going to be in, in a week 10 that, that's going to be a should be, if, if say Drew Brees has a good year and the Saints are in it, that should be a really exciting game. That's why that game's in my top 10. 10. Number five, I'm going to go with the uh, Packers and the Bucks. That's a 425 game in week six. I'm, I'm pumped to see that game. It's, it's, it's another Brady-Rodgers matchup. I mean, uh, Rodgers and Brady, that would be their third matchup. They're one and one. Rodgers beat him in 2014. Brady beat him in 2018. So that should, that should be another really, really exciting matchup that, that I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, number four, I'm going with Niners Seahawks. In uh, Niners had it traveling to Seattle in Week Eight. That should that should be a fun one. That should be a, that should be a fun one. The, the, for me right now, that's my that's my pick. To pl- those are the two teams I'm picking to play in the NFC Championship game. We all know their two games last year were outstanding. You had that Monday Night game that went into overtime that the Seahawks won, and then you had the game the, the Sunday Night game at the end of the year, which the Niners w- won on the last play of the game which got them home field advantage and got in the NFC West championship. So I think those two teams are going to be really good, two really good teams this year. And that's why I'm excited to see that game. Uh, number three, it's another, it's another saints bucks matchup. And that's, that's the one in week nine on Sunday night football, obviously. And I think I picked this one. Uh, to, I'm more excited to see this one in the week one game, because obviously th- this off season with the coronavirus, you're not going to have as much time in training camp. So that's why I think these two teams will be really, really good. By the, by the time they play in, in week nine in Tampa on Sunday night football. So that's why I'm excited for that one. Uh, number two, Chiefs Ravens, Monday night football. Lamar against uh, Lamar against Mahomes, enough said there. That, and you got the Chiefs, the defending champs, heading to, ball, heading to Baltimore in, in week three. Two be- clearly the two best teams in the AFC. Uh, that's that's why this is my number two game to see this season. I am so excited to see that matchup between those, between those two guys very easily could determine home field advantage. And and let's not forget this year uh, with the seven teams making the playoffs, you have the number two team getting that, that having to play in the first round. That's going to be very interesting to see who wins that game. Cause that's having the number one seed in the AFC in the AFC and any in the AFC or NFC this year is going to be a big advantage. And then my number one game, and I think you can pretty much guess it. Week 13, Chiefs, Bucks, Brady Mahomes going at it. I think this one is going to be really, really exciting. 425 game. I'm thanks the Sunday after Thanksgiving. We know Nance and Romo will be there. That's a definite. That should be just a, such a fun game to see, you know, 
with Mahomes going up against going up against Brady with the weapons Brady's going to have this year with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. That should be a great game. And that's why it is. That is my number one game. I'm most excited to see in the 2020 season, Justin, your top 10 matchups. My top 10 matchups, number 10, kind of going off a little bit off the radar, uh, Pitt at Cleveland week 17. It's the first game Pittsburgh's and I go back to Cleveland since the miles Garrett incident. And I think too, both teams may be playing for wild card this weekend. So I, could be possibly. Um, so I could definitely see that one being a good one. Um, then week nine, I got Dallas at Baltimore, mostly because of the Thursday night game. And that's going to be probably one of the most exciting Thursday night games we're going to have. Uh, dude, Dallas has, Dallas has no defense, dude. Okay. Baltimore, Baltimore will win that game by a couple scores. Okay. I think that could be a really good one with the way Dallas offense improved the season. I think that could be a nice little fun shootout on Thursday night. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, number eight, I got the AFC divisional round rematch from last year. Tennessee going to Baltimore. Um, good one. You know, Baltimore. I because I really I'm really excited for this one because I like two teams that I know kind of different styles of running game. Tennessee is going to try to run it down your throat. Uh, out of the IAs formation, kind of. Baltimore is kind of going to more of like a spread option type. But um, I think this one's going to be a good one to see Baltimore kind of revenge, revenge game, revenge spot for the Ravens. Um, number seven, I got Seattle and San Francisco. I know you talk about this one. Those two games were great, la- were great last year. The overtime on Monday Night Football and then the Week 17, the ending of that one. Um, two very good ones. Definitely two teams that got a shot with the NFC title. Um, maybe could maybe could decide week or I mean the one seed maybe I know the Saints the Bucks are gonna be good but there's maybe a chance. Um, number six I got San Francisco New England yes Jimmy G. Um, you know, should be an interesting one. Um, probably yeah that's like only top game that I have for uh, New England here. Oh wow yeah yeah so. Uh... Number five, I got Green Bay at Tampa Bay week six. Crazy, it's only the third matchup between these two teams. It's probably the rubber match. Could be the final time that these two quarterbacks face each other. There is that small possibility, but this one should be a fun one. Um, week four, I got Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Brady's debut as well with the Bucks week one. Um, and the Superdome. And the AFC, I mean, NFC South, this is the first time in the division that three quarterbacks have thrown for um, – 50,000 yards in their career with, you know, of course, Matt Ryan, Breeze, and Brady. Um, this could be a very shoot, you know, this division is going to feature a lot of offense. And this should be a good one in the Dome week one. Week three, I got Kansas City at New Orleans. The first meeting we'll see between Mahomes and Breeze, um, two of the best right now. Could be a Super Bowl preview as well. Um, could, you know, kind of the possibility. Week two, I got Kansas City at Tampa Bay. Um, the fourth meeting already between Brady and um, Mahomes, Gronk versus Kelsey, possibly. If both those guys can stay healthy. Um, Brady held, held, holds the edge right now, two to one. And then week one, or I mean, number one game of the year is uh, Kansas City at Baltimore. The, you know, there's not much, just too much to say about this one. The last two MVPs, you know, um, could mean home field advantage. You know, that's really all you need to say about this game with two quarterbacks that you got going against each other. Um, Monday night football too. So that should be a heck of a game that I think that's going to be the, that's the top match I'll look forward to this year. 
Alrighty, so now because our because they're lo- two local teams and they're my f- and there are two favorite teams. We're gonna go through the Pats and the Giants schedule. First, we're gonna do the Giants and uh, the Giants open their season uh, at home on a Monday night against the Steelers. First game for the Giants with this new coaching staff. They're gonna have a short off season. You got the Steelers who surprised they were eight and eight, but that was for them having to play with uh for them having to play with duck Hodges and mason rudolph that wasn't that bad last year for them you got a well-coached team in pittsburgh a really good defense in pittsburgh coming to metlife stadium i got the giants losing that game to the steelers so i got them starting on one justin what do you got in that game I do. yes i also got the pick going in there one in first game probably for big ben to be back but pit to be eight eight last year well they played their defense gonna be pretty solid again so yeah i got uh i got pit getting out of metlife with a one uh, week two, we got the Giants heading to Soldier Field to face the Bears. The Bears, we know they have a really good defense, but don't know who their quarterback is, Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky. And in the draft, they, did, they didn't have a good draft. I mean, they, we, they really didn't improve in two weak areas of their offense last year, their offensive line and their run game. So I think in week two, the Giants go up to Chicago and they get a win. So I got them one and one after, after the first two weeks. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, this was a tough one for me to pick, but I think the I think the Giants could get it done because you are right. They have not done much. The Bears did not do much this offseason. You don't really know who's going to be their starting quarterback. So, yeah, I, I definitely I definitely think Giants could go up there and get a win. Week three, the Giants host the 49ers. And a lot of people will say, oh, the Giants have got a really good chance because the Niners are going to be flying in from the West Coast. Close, that's not going to be the chick case because week two, they'll be at MetLife Stadium uh, playing the Jets. And they're more than likely, Kyle Shanahan's a smart guy, he's more than likely going to have the team staying in the New York area that week. So I think the Niners will be ready to play that game. And I think the Niners, the Niners win that game, and the, the, that will drop the Giants to one and two. Yeah, I got the Niners. Um, the, you know, I definitely think that San Fran's going to stay in town that week. And I think uh, Garoppolo and the Niners off could have, could have a big day against the Giants. Uh, I, that's going to be one of the tougher games for the Giants this year. Week four, the Giants head all the way out to L.A. to face the Rams. And I think the Rams are a team that's kind of fallen off. I mean, their offensive line has fallen off. Uh, their run game, Todd Gurley, they, 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 they got rid of Todd Gurley, even though Turk Gurley wasn't as good. Still, their run game isn't, isn't as good. And even defensively stopping the run, they're not that good either. They lost Corey Littleton to free agency. Uh, the, even though their pass is really good with Donald and Jalen Ramsey, I still think this is a game that the Giants win. They win a low-scoring game, and, and I got them beating the Rams to go to 2-2. Two and two. I actually got the Rams in this one. I think they pull out a. I think they'll be able to pull out a close one. I know they've lost girl. I know their defense. I know they haven't really improved much this offseason. I don't know. I think out. I think out in LA, one of their kind of thinks their second home game will be in their new stadium. I think the Rams will be able to pull out a close one. I think it's to be very sloppy, probably you know, very sloppy game. But I think LA. You got you got LA winning that one. Yeah, I got LA. So I get John. Gotcha. Got so one and three, right? Yeah, one and three. Okay, so uh, five. The Giants go to Dallas in a divisional matchup, and I think I, I think the I think the Cowboys improved their offense getting CD Lamb. Yet defensively, they're 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 shaky. They lost Robert Quinn and they lost uh, Byron Jones, even though Don Terry Poe and uh, and Gerald McCoy. So I think this is a, this is a close competitive NFC East game. But unfortunately, I got to go with the home team there. I think the Cowboys win this one close, and the Giants fall to two three. Yeah, I got Dallas in this one. We know that offense this year is very explosive for Dallas. I know defense, they lost a couple of key pieces, um, especially Byron Jones at secondary. I just, Dallas, you know, and we know Dak usually plays well against competition, you know, the under 500 competition. So I think Dak could have a huge game um, once again. So I got the Giants going to Dallas and losing. So I got them by one and four. 
Well, week six, they host the Redskins the first time Chase Young will face the Giants. They'll probably be Chase Young against Andrew Thomas. That'll be that'll be an interesting game. But at home, I got the Giants winning this game. I got I got the Giants winning this one against the Redskins. They always, the one thing that is certain every year is that I don't care how bad the Giants are, they'll always beat the Redskins once a year. And I got them beat the Redskins this week to even the record to three and three. Yeah, I got the Giants again this one at home. Uh, moving on to two and five. They should be able to take care of business. Um, I think AP didn't AP one game last year, have a big one against them, but they other than that, that was about it. I know they faced uh, Haskins' a d- debut, and he really struggled. Um, I got I got the Giants taking care of business at home. Week seven, it's a Thursday night in Philadelphia, and just like the Giants, you can count on the Giants beating the Redskins once a year. You can always count on them losing to the Eagles once a year, and that's what I think that's going to happen on a short week. I have the Eagles win this one. Giants dropped to three and four. Yeah, always a uh, tough short week on Thursday night football. I think it'd be tough to go into Philly and get a win for the Giants. Um, yeah, so I got the Eagles getting that one. So I get the Giants now at two and five. Yeah, two and five. It's uh, yeah, two and five. You got it. Uh, so Monday night, the Giants host Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. This will probably be the night that Eli gets uh, gets put into the Ring of Honor. They usually do. They usually do it during a Monday night game. They put they'll put Giants legends. They did it to Strahan. They did it to Tuck. They did it to Tom Coughlin. So usually a lot of Giants legends, they put in the ring of honor during a Monday night game. But I think the Tampa Bay is going to be too much for the Giants, especially offensively with Mike Evans, with Tom Brady, with Chris Godwin, even with Rob Gronkowski in the red zone. I think Tampa is going to be too much for the Giants and the Giants lose this game to drop to three and five. Yeah, I got Tampa. I got Tom Brady in the book coming up the MetLife and getting it done on a Monday night. They're just, yeah, the Bucks offense is so explosive. And the Bucks last year too were best team against the run. Um, I think Tampa will be, should be able to go in there, take care of business. We got week nine as the Giants head to Washington to face the Redskins. And I, I don't think, I think, yes, the Giants have had their way with the Redskins, but I do think the Redskins are a little bit better this year. Obviously, the addition of Chase Young is a good addition. You got Dwayne Haskins in the second year. You got Ron Rivera. And I think the Giants lose this one on the road to the Redskins. I got the Giants losing this one to fall to three and six. I actually got the Giants taking this one. I got. I think the Giants can go to watch and be able to win this game. I think it'll be close, very sloppy, very low scoring. But I, you know, I think the Giants are a little bit better right now on paper than the Redskins, and I think they'll be able to get it done. And I got the Giants going to uh, three and uh, three, three and six. Yeah, three and six. I think three, three and six. Three. So. So the so week week ten, the Eagles head up to MetLife Stadium to face the Giants. And even though the Eagles do own the Giants. I don't think the Eagles are that, are that good this year. I think they're around a 9-10 win team at best. So I think the Gi- a desperate Giant team, before their bye week, wins this game to go to 4-6. and six. I think Philly's going to be able to pull this one out again, especially, you know, um, hopefully, you know, especially Philly can stay healthy this year with their secondary and all that, and their receivers can stay healthy. I think Philly's going to be able to get go to MetLife and be able to get the win going into, uh, going into the Giants' bye. Week 11 is a bye week, so week 12, the Giants go to Cincinnati to face Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And I think this is a close competitive game, but I think the Giants end up pulling this one out to go to 5-6. and six. Yeah, I got the um, Giants as well. I think this is good, this could be a fun one. I think it could be a little bit of a shootout. Um, and I – excuse me. Um, and I think the uh, Giants will be able to go out to Cincinnati and be able to get the win. Since he improved, um, adding T. Higgins for another offensive weapon – um, defense, I still think they still need a bit of work, but it, it, that could be a fun one. Like, you know, I'm actually kind of interested. I, that could actually be a fun one to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, not a lot, a lot of offense, probably not a lot of defense in that game. Yeah. 
Week 13, the Giants head out to Seattle, and the Giants are absolutely terrible out in Seattle. They have been for years, and I think that Seattle wins this game and wins it by a couple scores, and the Giants fall to 5-7. and seven. Yeah, this could be a rough one for the Giants going out, Russ, playing Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. It, this one, yeah, it could be a couple score uh, difference in the final. Um, I think so, yeah, Seattle's got way too much talent right now. So we got week 14, the uh, Cardinals had Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and the Cardinals head up the MetLife Stadium and face the Giants. This is a tough one because you got a West Coast team who I think is the better team traveling east in December too, a team that doesn't run the ball that well in December. But I still think that the Cardinals are the better team and the Cardinals are going to squeak this one out and the Giants fall to five and eight. I actually, I, I get the Giants win this one. I think with the short week, Arizona plays in the dome, the beautiful Arizona weather coming up here in December. I think it's going to be tough. Um, it, it should be, you know, and I, I think the Giants will be able to take advantage of that. And they'll, I think this is going to be another fun one to watch because I think there are going to be a lot of points. I know Arizona approved a lot, and I think they could kind of be a dark horse maybe to make a playoff. They're my, they're, I got them in the playoffs, going to the yeah, playoffs. So I, I winning 10, going to the playoffs. I kind of got them eight and eight, somewhere right around there. So it could be a huge game for Arizona. It could be kind of one of the swing games for them. Um, but I think the Giants, I think they could take care of business at home. Uh, week 15, the one that I'm the most excited for this year, as the uh, Browns head to MetLife Stadium to face the Giants. It's OBJ's return to the Meadowlands. And I think the Giants win this game. I think they contain Nick Chubb. I think it's a close game. But I think in OBJ's return, the Giants win, and they go to 6-8. and eight. This is a tough one for me. It really has. I – I do. I got Cleveland winning, and I just think Odell just. Uh, I think Odell just has a huge game. I think like Odell's a difference in this game. Yeah, I think this game has been circled on his calendar. You think he'll be motivated? Oh, he'll yeah. be motivated. Yeah, he'll be very motivated. Because he even had a he even had a good game when he played the Jets last year when he went to MetLife Stadium. Yeah, yeah, he did, and I I, I think he he's just going to be so motivated to come in there and beat him. And I think Cleveland could be also battling for a playoff spot, so it could be a huge one for him. I think Odell is a difference in that one. Uh, week 16 in Baltimore, obvious. I mean, the Giants won't win this game. They'll lose by this one by, probably by a couple scores, and uh, they fall to they'll, they'll fall to six and nine. Yeah, I guess the only hope really the Giants is hopefully Baltimore clinches the one seed at this point, and Lamar Jackson and the rest of the guys are out of the lineup. Or you know, that's probably the best case scenario for the Giants if they want to maybe get out of the, get out of Baltimore with a win. The last game of the year, home against. Dallas and I don't care what this game is going to mean to, to the Cowboys. I don't care if it's a meaningless game for the Cowboys. I don't care if the division's on the line. I think the Giants win this game over the Cowboys and they finish at seven and nine. I got the I think Dallas comes in here and gets the win. Yeah, they could be playing for division with Philly, I believe, possibly. And I, I think Dallas offense is a little bit too much of the Giants. I think the Giants are gonna to struggle to stop them. Um it, it could be tough though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it could be. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening there. So uh, we, we lost Justin for a little bit, and uh, I'll, I'll go through the uh, Pat schedule. And uh, opening a day is in opening day against the Dolphins. Uh, they're a host of Dolphins. Uh, Tua will probably not start that game. They're, they're, uh, he probably won't start. It'll probably be Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, starting that game. And uh, I, I think that the, I think, yeah, I don't think the Patriots are going to be that great this year, but I think they win that opening game. I think they win that game against the Dolphins. And I, and I think the Patriots, the Patriots start the season one and oh, week two in Seattle, pretty obvious, it's pretty obvious that the, uh, that, that the Seahawks will win this game. I think they get a much better quarterback at home. I think the Seahawks win this game. And I think they win it by a couple scores 
Week three, they got John Gruden and the Raiders heading up to Foxborough. That, 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 that's an interesting game with Derek Carr heading up there. But I think the Raiders taking that West Coast trip. That's another game of the Patriots win. I got that the Patriots winning that one, that game in a close one. Week four, another brutal game for the Patriots in Kansas City. And I, I think that this is a game that, yes, Tom Brady's not walking through that door. It's not going to be a competitive game. Uh, 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 Patrick Mahomes is, uh, is, is the best quarterback in the league. He's going to prove that in that game. And the Pats will win that game by a couple scores. Week five, uh, they host Denver. And I like Denver. They're actually one of my sleeper playoff teams going into the season. I think I, I like the moves they made. I like them going drafting Jerry Judy. I like the receiving core. I, li- I even like Drew Locke. But Belichick has is Belichick is really good against quarterbacks who uh, who who are y- against young quarterbacks. And I think that success continues in this game. I think Denver flying out. Denver, uh, yeah, no, they won't fly out. They'll stay here because they'll, they'll they play the Jets the week before. But I think Belichick is, is good against young quarterbacks. I think that continues that week, and I think they win that game and go to three and two. Week six, a bye week. Week seven is the interesting game where Jimmy Garoppolo heads there to, to face his old coach and his old team. And I think that the 49ers beat them, and I think they beat them by a couple scores. I think the 49ers beat the Patriots in that game, and that would drop the Patriots to three and three. Here's where the division games come into play, and it starts week eight as the Patriots go to Buffalo. And and I think Buffalo wins that game. I like Buffalo to win the AFC East. I, 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 like, I think their defense is really good. I think Josh Allen is a decent quarterback and will be the better quarterback in the game. And that's why I take Buffalo to win that game. So the Patriots drop two, three, and four. So uh, week nine, it is the Patriots head to, uh, head to MetLife Stadium to face the Jets on Monday Night Football. And I think it'll be a different story than it was last year. I think that Sam Darnold will play a lot better. Obviously, the Jets got the better quarterback in that game as well. They're at home. And I think the Jets win that game too. And I think the Patriots drop to three and five. Uh, week week uh and we got justin back so i'm, I'm just i'm just gonna go through all i'm just gonna go through the pets okay, the pet schedule heard, I've, I've heard since like uh week four so i've been listening in. so we're at uh we're at week 10 now as the patriot as it's uh, as sunday night football as the patriots face the ravens this one's pretty obvious i think that the i think that the uh that the ravens win this game i think that the Patriots will struggle in this game, especially offensively. I think the Ravens win this one by a couple scores and that would drop the Patriots to three and six uh, in Houston week 11. And I think it's a, the Patriots lose. The Patriots will lose. I think lose a lot of these games just on the sole fact they won't have, they won't even the quarterback they're going to be going against is going to be a much better quarterback. And that's going to be the case against the Texans. I think the Patriots lose this. One. I mean, so these games might be because their defense might keep a minute, but I just think having a most quarterback is going to be a disadvantage in a lot of games for the Patriots this year. So I got going uh, uh, three and seven. Week uh, 12, another game that can go either way as they host the Cardinals in week 12. But I really like this year. It's like, just like we did when, we, when I picked him, I picked him to beat the Giants. I'm going to pick him to beat the Patriots. I like Kyler Murray. I like DeAndre Hopkins. I, I like their draft pick in Isaiah Simmons. So I'm going to pick the Patriots to lose that game as well. And I got the Patriots dropping to three and eight. Then the Patriots head out for a two-game swing in L.A., and the first one is against the Chargers. And I think the Patriots finally win a game here. I think that they're, Justin Herbert will be the starter by this time, and I think he's going to struggle against Belichick, and I think that the Patriots win this game. Then week uh, 14, they face the Rams in L.A., and uh, I think that the, I think that the uh, Rams win this game. I think it's a close game. I don't think either team's going to be that good this year, but I think the Rams on a Thursday night game. So I would draft the Patriots to – or I think uh, four and nine. I would draft the Patriots to four and nine. Week 15, 
the uh, Patriots face uh, uh, Miami. In week 15, the Patriots face Miami in Miami. And yes, Belichick success against uh, younger backs, but I think two is really good. And uh, I think that the Patriots struggled down to Miami, so I'm going to be Patriots a loss here. So I got him go. I got him four and ten after that game. Then we go to Week 16 against Buffalo. And again, I don't care what Buffalo is playing for in this game. I think that New England pulls the upset here, and I think it's a Monday night game, and I think New England wins this game on Monday night football. And then the last game of the year against the Jets, I think the Jets will be an average team, so I don't think the game is going to matter to the Jets. So I think the Patriots win that game as well. So I have the Patriots finishing six and ten this season, Justin. So I got them week one. I think they get it done week one against Miami. Who know? I think it could be Fitzpatrick. Who knows? Um, but I think they'll be able to pull it out at home as Miami. Week two against in Seattle. Nah, they don't have much of a chance. If they have any chance to win some of these games, it's got it's going to be their defense got to keep them into it and. I, you know, they're even possibly could, but they, they, I got them going out to Seattle and losing week three against Vegas. I think they should be able to get the win. It'll be John Gruden's first game back in Foxborough since the tuck rule game. So, um, I, I do have them getting it done at, at home week three, week four against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. I think this is not going to be pretty. Um, and I think the Chiefs, you know, by a couple scores week five against Denver. I have them pointed out. I liked, I love Drew Locke and now the weapon that they gave him. Um, I, I really think the Broncos are another kind of one of my teams that I think could definitely make a uh, push for the wild card this year. I think with the early kick at home, I think Belichick's going to be able to pull this one out. I think he'll figure out a way to slow down Denver's offense a bit. And I think they'll be able to pull it out. Um, week six by week seven against San Fran. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a, big day and i think he's gonna love to come in here and knock off the pats um week eight at buffalo i got the build one in this one um this is i think this is going to be a very low scoring defensive battle and i think buffalo's going to be able to get it done um i think they're going to win buffalo's probably going to win the division this year um they're good they're going to be really good now that they added digs for josh allen um week nine monday night against the jets we all know what happened last year i think the pats will be able to pull this one out i like bill belichick getting, going to new york and getting this win um against the jets week 10 against the ravens not much of a chance with lamar jackson against those guys sunday night football i don't think they're able in that one week 11 in houston i think i do have them lose this one so i had them dropping now at four and six i think the Texans have too much offense for them. I know they lost Hopkins, though, but I think still at Watson. Um, Texans, the Texans are going to be a little bit too much for the Pats to overcome. Week 12 against the Cardinals, I think they get the win at home before heading out west, and I got them at now 5-6. and six. I like Arizona you know, going in, as they said a few minutes ago, with the Giants when, we talk, when they put the Giants. I think with the early kick, I think Bill Belichick will figure out a way to you know, so Murray and the Cardinals down. Um, week 13 at against the Chargers, I have them pulling it out to get to go to six and six. And then with the short week against the Rams, I do have them losing short week. I know kind of away from home for a while. I think the Rams will be able to pull it out in a close one, um, rematch from the Super Bowl a couple years ago. And I got the Rams getting that one. So six and seven. Week 15 at Miami. It, for whatever reason, it, Miami is just o- 
always on the road late for the Patriots. It's always just such a tough game for them. It's always one that they win close or they win or they lose. And I think Miami's going to be able to get it done. Um, I love what Brian Foyles did with that Dolphins team last year to somehow get that team five wins is really impressive. So I, I got the Dolphins winning that one. Week 16 against the Buffalo. I do have I have them losing that one. I think Buffalo's gonna be playing for the division. I don't think they've they, I don't think they've won a Foxborough last I think it's been like nine years, nine, ten years since they won a Foxborough. And I think they get that one done. I think they'll win their first one. So six to nine. And then on week 17, I do get I do have them beating the Jets again, seven to nine. They really have had the Jets numbers pretty much since Rex retired or Got fired. I mean, um, they've really had the Jets number, and I think they get the sweep this year. So I got the Pats finishing at seven and nine. So you got they got the Pats six and ten. You got them seven and nine. I got the Giants seven and nine. What do you got the Giants? I got them at five and eleven. Five and eleven. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's both teams have really tough schedules. Yeah, both, yeah, both teams have tough schedules. So I could, I, I think they'll be the Giants will be a little bit better than five and eleven. I mean, if they're five and eleven. Dave Gettleman will probably. Get yeah, I, I bet that would happen. But yeah, both teams have tough schedules. It's going to be a tough road for both teams. I don't have either of them making the playoffs, so it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, if the NFL schedule is going to could get crazy because it might we might not start on time, so we don't know what's going to end up happening. So we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening, and we for the best. We hope they start on time. But we're going to wrap up talking about the last dance, and we're going to talk about episode seven and eight. We're uh, last we're last Sunday and. Uh, we're gonna start you know, as, as you know they they flash back they go back in time and they go back to the real time for the 98 season we're gonna we're gonna start going back in time we'll go back to where it started it was about it was 93 where jordan uh unfortunately had to deal with unexpectedly unexpectedly had to deal with the passing of his father and that really 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 hurt him that that really uh, put a burden on him and uh he ended up uh, he ended up surprising shocking everyone and surprisingly retiring from uh from the from the NBA after winning those three straight championships with the Bulls, and then a couple of weeks later, he surprises everyone and signs with the White Sox. And people will argue it was because he could have been suspended for gambling that he went to go play baseball, or that it was to, to honor his father. I think it was you know because him and his father, uh, his father wanted to play baseball, so I think he kind of did it for his father. He ended up leaving basketball because of all the media stress, and he just wanted to become one of the guys and he wanted to go play baseball. And he, and, he, and he did go in and play baseball that one year, and he wasn't awful. I mean, three home runs, 51 RBIs, he hit 202. For a guy playing double-A who hadn't played baseball since high school and to go play double-A and hit over 200, that's not terrible. Baseball is not one of those sports you can just jump in and be good at. Baseball is a skill sport. You got And Joe is a big baseball guy, so we would know that, is you got to be doing it all the time. And Jordan, pretty much from high school, he didn't play in high school, and he hit 202. That's pretty impressive and he probably would have stuck with baseball and you heard jerry reinstorf in the uh say that if he stuck with baseball he probably could have made the major leagues that's that's how committed and dedicated he was but but after the after the 95 after the uh player strike in 95 uh the, the, the player strike in 94 but it, it 95 season where they're gonna have replacement players he ended up not wanting to deal with it he, he went back to basketball and and now we'll circle a little bit back to the bulls 94 season and surprise some people in the 94 season where you know you know they said phil jackson did a great job with the triangle offense and everything and the team went 55 and 27 and uh won a playoff series and then the infamous moment was that series against the knicks and we all know scotty pippen who let's be honest joe has said scotty pippen is not a top 50 player. He's had that argument with brian foster and trevor keys and ted keys had that argument that, that he's not a top 50 player of all time but 
that 94, that 94 season definitely fits Brian, Trevor, and Ted's argument about uh, about Pippen being a top 50 player. I mean, he averaged 22 a game. He was in the MVP conversation, and, and and that team was in contention for a championship. And then, obviously, you remember in game, in game uh, three, he sits the bench, and the effect that made on that team in that moment, him, 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 him sitting out. And then in, then, and then not, not shown in, in this, in this, uh, in this kind of in this, in a, in a documentary is they won games that they won game four and then game five, which is something that's really surprising to me, which they didn't show. And you probably don't, you probably don't remember this at all. I don't know if you remember this, Justin, uh, was in game five, the, uh, the, the bulls had a one, a one point lead late in the game against the Knicks. And, uh, Hugh Hollins made a terrible call on it because they, they, there was a, 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 one of the Knicks guys was shooting a three and there was a foul and Hugh Hollins made a terrible call. And if Hugh Hollins doesn't make that call, the win that series against the Knicks and arguably back in the NBA finals. So, but they, but for some reason they didn't bring that up during the documentary. Cause I feel like they didn't want to elaborate how much Jordan meant to the bulls. And so that's, what I thought was a little weird is they didn't, they didn't bring that up, but yeah, I mean, just some really interesting things to start. To start was uh, was him going back and playing play baseball, and how the Bulls succeeded for season. Yeah, um, with the baseball thing. Yeah, because um, I'm actually reading a book on Michael Jordan right now. So they kind of talked about you know all of his childhood and all that. So in literally, he was their top. He was a top guy, and even when he went to like the Babe Ruth draft, he was like the first one pretty much chosen on that list, or he was like the first one chosen. And I remember his dad was kind of saying like he you know he wanted him to be a major league baseball player that's what they thought basketball was like his number two it was always baseball and um they, it was 15 years and i know yeah 202 with the 51 rbis even what it was a 13 or 15 game hitting streak he had too which is really impressive most guys most mlb guys can't, can't will never get to a 13 or 15 game hitting streak so that was really impressive as well and then he definitely could have made the mlb um, especially because he had a good manager with him down in Double A in Birmingham with Terry Francona, so he definitely would have. Um, it, it was definitely, I believe, it was definitely because of his dad. Um, he wanted to kind of honor his dad with that. Um, you know, um, I'll see you in. Well, I mean, um, also kind of in the, that which it came out too. I. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and Justin's talking about you know the stuff with his, his dad, which was which was unfortunate, and uh, you know just 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 uh, it, that that was tough, and I think that definitely did lead to his decision. But I'll go. I'm going to go on to like what happened, you know, after he left baseball, his his baseball career because of the labor issues. He uh, in the '95 season when he did, when Jordan did end up coming back, and uh, the Bulls actually weren't that good that year. They lost Horace Grant. They uh they. I mean, Michael Jordan, Michael, they really missed Michael Jordan that year. And that's where, all right, I'll give Joe credit for this one. That's where his point of Pippen not being top 50 works. That Bulls team wasn't that good until Jordan showed up. And then Jordan came back. The team won 13 of their last 17. They won a playoff series against Alonzo Mourning and the Hornets. And uh, we all remember uh, Jordan uh, wore 45, 45 that year. And then when one of the Magic players said after – they beat him in game one, 45, not 23. Jordan put on number 23. Uh, they played the magic in that, in that kind con- the conference semis ended up losing that series in six games. And when Jordan came back, he wasn't, 
the as good as Michael Jordan usually was. He was like 80% of Michael Jordan, which is still the best player in the league at that point, but still not the dominant player that he was. So, but that might've been the best thing that ever happened to them because remember going to that 96 season, he was work. He, he was getting ready the day after the five season ended, Jordan was ready to go and you knew how competitive he was. And, and this leads to this crazy, this crazy moment during it, where in that practice, you know, going into the season, uh, you know, he really hadn't played much with Steve Kerr and Luke Longley, especially with Steve Kerr, because Steve Kerr joined the team when he retired and things got competitive in practice and, uh, Steve Kerr and, uh, and Michael Jordan were down. And that was a pretty crazy moment, but you know, Jordan got thrown out of practice. Phil told him, you know, you, Phil, Phil told him you were getting a little too out of control in practice there. You were getting way, a little bit too competitive. He ended up calling Steve Kerr. Everything worked out well. And that season couldn't have worked out better. I mean, the team ended up going 72 and 10 that team, uh, ended up winning their, their fourth championship. They beat the Sonics in the uh, NBA finals. And, you know, Gary Payne said, oh, the result might have been different. It was a funny thing. It was Gary Payne saying the result might have been different if I was on LeBron to start the series. But Jordan just laughed at that, saying that it would have made no difference. I actually agree with Jordan there, too. And, you know, the Bulls end up winning their fourth championship and, uh, and, and at the time broke the NBA wins record. I'll, I'll go on now to uh, the uh, Bulls. Uh, to when they uh, went back to uh, 98, where the, uh, they went back to that 97, 98 season as this, as this, as this thing uh, kind of goes back and forth as uh, they go from Jordan's early days to the 97, 98 season, where the, uh, the, the bulls were going into the playoffs, had a pretty it struggled in their first game, but they had an easy series went over the nets. And, and, and then the, the interesting thing is when they get into, uh, they get into the second round against the Hornets and BJ Armstrong who played on the, uh, on that Bulls team plays against plays against Jordan. He's all pumped up to play Jordan. And then, you know, the, the Bulls won the first game and then they, then BJ Armstrong wins that second game. And BJ Armstrong is all pumped up after that Bulls win. He is just a stat. No, I mean, I mean, Hornets win Hornets win. He is all static after they beat the Bulls. But, but then Jordan remembered that and Jordan held a grudge towards that. And Jordan came out in game three and had a huge game. And then the Hornets really had no chance in this, in this series. And I think the biggest takeaway from these two episodes was just the kind of competitor was, you don't give Michael Jordan any reason, any reason or to, to beat you or and he, he will, he will find a grudge. Like before the 96 finals, when George Carl walked right past him, that was the grudge. That was the, that was the, that was the, that was the motivation he felt for that game. B.J. Armstrong going to the 98 playoffs. You could just find anything. Jordan is the greatest competitor we've ever seen in all. And in our life, and in my lifetime of sports, Jordan is the greatest competitor. There's Brady's right there, but Jordan is the best competitor I've ever seen in all of sports. I mean, he's been, he just, just, you give him, give him any reason to hold a grudge, he will, and he'll go out and beat you. That's just how great he is. Yeah, he's definitely the greatest competitor of just watching. I knew he was always a... Yeah, it's just, just Justin's talking about how great of a competitor he was. It's crazy. Uh, it, and it was just, you You know, you can't, you could not say a word to him after the press conference because if you said something wrong, he was going to come out and he was going to drop 55 on you the next night. Or it, it just... Yeah, the double nickel game. Yeah, yep. I forgot I forgot to mention that when he came back, that double nickel game against the, against the Knicks. Yeah, that that was another um, impressive one. But this, you know, he's just—he's a guy that you did not want to talk about, you know, after the game, saying "I got," you know, "I got you," or because uh, he he would come out and prove you wrong the next night, and that's why I'm, you know, it, 
it, it, it's crazy to kind of see this guy be able to, you know, and tune it right, you know, right when they lost in um 95 after he kind of came back and all that, game right for 96. The, you know, if, if I was kind of back then and kind of heard about all that, I would have probably picked the Bulls to win from that moment on. That, that night after they lost, he's already getting ready for next season. Um, just yeah, it shows the motivation that he wants to get back and be that, be the one, be, win another championship uh, for Chicago. He is definitely the top competitor I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, going into these last two episodes, the last two episodes, which are going to be Sunday night, you're probably going to get you're probably going to get the flu game. They're, they're definitely going to show that in, in the '97 finals, and they're going to show the nine. They show a little bit of the beginning of the '98 finals in uh, I mean, conference finals in, in uh, the, at the at the end of the episode at the end of episode eight. But then Reggie was saying, like, I think we're I think we're the better team. So it's going to be interesting to see you know what happens there and then that episode, and then obviously you'll see the two finals against the Jazz, and you'll see Jerry Krause blow the team up. So that's what you'll be looking probably for in that and then those last two episodes. Um. Yeah, they, you know, they should be too good. I can't believe this is already the final two episodes. Um, it's been great to get some uh, sports documentary and all that. Um, but, yeah, it should be kind of fun to see what happened, you know, in this 98 Conference Finals and all that. And then, um, actually, well, I do want to say something quickly, too. When I was reading that book. You know the first thing that Michael Jordan actually said to Scottie Pippen when they yeah. drafted him? Yeah, the yep. old country boy. <laughs> like, yeah. Because, uh, you know, speaking of Kraus, I know there's – three or four incidents where Jordan was not happy with Kraus. Um, and he wasn't happy with John Wolf pick or he wanted John Wolf and they went out and got a horse grant instead. Um, that I kind of just, you know, thought it was interesting. <laughs> Him and Kraus have kind of never, you know, got along back then either, you know, with the draft picks, but, um, yeah, they, you know, final two episodes should be a good one. Uh, can't wait to kind of see, you know, what they kind of talk about for the 98, uh, conference finals. Yeah, it should be it should be really interesting, and I'm really really looking forward uh, to it uh, on Sunday night. I'm really looking forward to those last two episodes. That's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R and for my co-host Justin Anafrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week uh, recapping two episodes of The Last Dance. Have a great weekend.